dresses. I won't wear it at all if you don't make it longer, said Laura defiantly. Pin's chubby, featureless little face lengthened with apprehension. Do let her have it just a tiny bit longer, mother dear, dear, she pleaded. Now, Pin, what have you got to do with it, I'd like to know, said mother, on the verge of losing her temper over the back folds, which would not hang. I'm going to school tomorrow, and it's a shame, said Laura, in the low, passionate tone that never failed to exasperate Mother. So different was it from her own hearty fashion of venting displeasure. Pin began to sniff in sheer nervous anxiety. Very well, then. I won't do another stitch to it, said Mother, now angry in earnest, got up and bounced out of the room. Laura, how can you, said Pin, dissolving. It's only you who make her so cross. I don't care, said Laura rebelliously, though she was not far off tears herself. It is a shame. All the other girls will have dresses down to the tops of their boots, and they'll laugh at me and call me a baby. And touched by the thought of what lay before her, she too began to sniffle. She did not fail, however, to roll the dress up and to throw it into a corner of the room. She also kicked the ewer, which fell over and flooded the floor. Pin cried more loudly and ran to fetch Sarah. Laura returned to the garden. The two little boys came up to her, but she waved them back. Let me alone, children. I want to think. She stood in a becoming attitude by the garden gate, her brothers hovering in the background. Then mother called once more. Laura, where are you? Here, mother. What is it? Did you knock this jug over or did Pin... I did, mother. Did you do it on purpose? Yes. Come here to me. She went with lagging steps. But mother's anger had passed. She was at work on the dress again, and by squinting her eyes, Laura could see that a piece was being added to the skirt. She was penitent at once, and when mother in a sorry voice said, I'm ashamed of you, Laura, and on your last day too, her throat grew narrow. I didn't mean it, mother. If only you would ask properly for things, you would get them. Laura knew this, knew indeed that, did she coax, mother could refuse her nothing. But coaxing came hard to her. Something within her forbade it. Sarah called her high-stomached to the delight of the other children and her own indignation. She had explained to them again and again what Sarah really meant. On leaving the house, she went straight to the flower beds. She would give mother, who liked flowers very well but had no time to gather them, a bouquet the size of a cabbage. Pin and the boys were summoned to help her, and when their hands were full, Laura led the way to a secluded part of the garden, on the farther side of the detached brick kitchen. In this strip, which was filled with greenery, little sun fell. Two thick fir trees and a monstrous blue gum stood there. High bushes screened the fence, Jessamine climbed the wall of the house and encircled the bedroom windows. And on the damp and shady ground, only violets grew. Yet, with the love children bear to the limited and compact, the four had chosen their own little plots here rather than in the big garden at the back of the house. And many were the times they had all begun anew to dig and to rake. But if Laura's energy did not fizzle out as quickly as usual, she was the model for the rest. Mother was sure to discover that it was too cramped and dark for them in there, and send Sarah to drive them off. Here, safely screened from sight, Laura sat on a bench and made up her bouquet. When it was finished, 
red and white in the center with a darker border, the hall surrounded by a ring of violet leaves. She looked about for something to tie it up with. Sarah applied to was busy ironing and had no string in the kitchen, so Pin ran to get a reel of cotton. But while she was away, Laura had an idea. Bidding Leppy hold the flowers tight in both his sticky little hands, she climbed in at her bedroom window, or rather by lying on the sill with her legs waving in the air, she managed to grab, without losing her balance, a pair of scissors from the chest of drawers. With these between her teeth she emerged, to the excited interest of the boys, who watched her open-mouthed. Laura had dark curls, pin fair, and both wore them flapping at their backs, the only difference being that Laura, who was now twelve years old, had for the past year been allowed to bind hers together with a ribbon, while pins bobbed as they chose. Every morning early, Mother brushed and twisted with a kind of grin.